Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Fun, entertaining, knowledgeable. All right. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Live and local. It's time for the Fan Morning Show with Bart Winkler. Good Tuesday morning to you. Again, I'm Toby Altizer. That is Tim Shea. We are live here from the Lakeland University studios. Earn co-op credit for work experience at lakeland.edu. Final hour here talking about the Green Bay Packers. So, Tim, I don't know if you saw this or not. What? The, the Packers had a big oh. acquisition yesterday. Oh? Big Who? acquisition. Who they sign? They got a new jugs machine. Oh. <laughs> they got a new jugs machine. Did you see this thing, though? I did. I did. It's yes. phenomenal. So... I can get into some of this nerdy stuff because I I love some of the science and all these different things of football and basketball and baseball and just analytics and all the stuff that now you basically have computers running all these sports. So the jugs machine, the Packers got, you know, the jugs machine, the thing that you load the footballs in and you can throw them and punt them a bit without ever having to actually do any physical work to do it. So you can simulate all that. Well, this new jugs machine that they have Got this from Bill Huber from Sports Illustrated. He says, it can be loaded with six footballs and continuously reloaded. You want to catch passes? It can fire them randomly at 12 different catch points. You want to field punts? It can fire them at various distances and hang times with a tight spiral or with wobbles. I mean, how spectacular is that? You get to get all your work in. You get to see various things. And then this is the crazy thing. Because you can use it as a defense, you can use it as an offense. So he talks about being able to get some work in with a virtual Aaron Rodgers, talking about the jugs machine, without actually being out there with Aaron Rodgers. So he says, on an end zone fade, you can look at some of the data and different things, and Aaron Rodgers might take an average of 1.3 seconds from the snap to the throw. So you can program that directly into this jugs machine, when the flashing blue light turns white, the receiver can run his routes, and at 1.3 seconds, the ball comes out of the machine and into the back corner of the end zone for a high point catch opportunity. How ridiculous is this, Tim? Like, now we can actually simulate all this. You can essentially now, if you're a wide receiver, go out there and get your work in with your quarterback if you can get the data from, you know, your R&D department or whatever. 
and, and you can figure all that out, your scouting department, and you can put it all into the machine, and then you can go out there and essentially play catch with Aaron Rodgers by yourself. Now, obviously, it's a little bit different because different things change here and there, but you can get your work in and learn kind of, all right, this is what I need to do. This is where the ball is going to kind of be. And you can kind of program it all in. Another thing, and saw a video from, I think it was Rob Domovsky talking with the guy who, or one of the guys that sells this, or programmers, I'm not exactly sure who it was, but one of the guys with this machine and the company that sells this jugs machine. And essentially, as a defense, you can program it too to work like you're going up against a certain quarterback. So if he's running this specific route, and this is the amount of time it usually takes him to get the ball out, you can program it so that you're set in a certain formation and then the ball comes out in that time frame and you know how long you have to react, you know how far you have to cover, you know all these various things, you know how fast the ball comes out of his hands. With all this extra stuff now that you can measure, kind of like stat cast in baseball, with football now you can kind of bring all that stuff in with the jugs machine. I think that's spectacular. I think that's awesome. And now the... Packers have added that to their repertoire. I mean, that's pretty cool. You ever think we get to a point that we're doing this kind of stuff, no, Tim? No. Nope. How ridiculous is technology? And how does someone even think about this? How does someone think like I can make this? Like engineers are spectacular and what they can think through. And I don't even know if I would have ever thought this is like a solution to stuff. No. Like a jugs machine itself, it's like a jugs machine itself is obviously pretty cool. That's mm-hmm. pretty basic. Like yep. you can understand like how that could come into play and oh, I can just shoot the ball through by pushing it forward and never have to have my quarterback throw it and all those different things. That's cool. But to have it so that essentially you can program it to be Kirk Cousins if you're going up against them week one and you can give these rookie defenders a chance to see how long they've got and all these different things, that's kind of cool. I think it's really cool. And so the Packers have added that to their repertoire. What are you excited to see this week uh, talking about joint practices and then going into that Saints game? On Friday, is there anything you're looking for in particular? Um, Rogers and his wide receivers. You know, now with Watson off the pub list, just seeing what kind of chemistry they have and and how he plays with him and how he plays with uh, Sammy Watkins. And Did you know that Christian Watson is a bust and George Pickens should have been the clear pick? Oh, have you not seen that all over Twitter? No. I Everyone's mean, blowing up about George Pickens looks good. George Pickens should have been the pick. And I, I, how in the world did the Packers screw this up? They even traded up and you're they gonna, you're picked gonna get that. You're going to get that yeah. no matter who you picked or what you picked. I mean, I still think that George Pickens is going to be a solid receiver. I did pick uh, Pickens in my uh, uh, rookie draft in my dynasty. I think he's going to be good. League, so. I think he is going to be good. But I think with Christian Watson, what you got is you got a special talent that. I don't know that there's a whole lot of guys that can match the athleticism that Christian Watson brings. Mm-hmm. If he can reach his potential, he can be one of the best receivers in the league. I think a lot of these guys can be solid wide receivers, You know, a good top 15 type receiver. I think that Christian Watson, out of all these guys, has the most potential that if he can live up to it, he can be one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in the NFL. I know that's pretty lofty praise for a guy that comes out of North Dakota State, but there's not a whole lot of guys that are built like him that can run like him. What is he, 6'4"? Runs like a 4-3. I mean, that's just something that you can't teach. I can go get a guy, and you know that that's also a fatal flaw sometimes for these organizations. Look at the Oakland Raiders, or the Las Vegas Raiders now, and all the times that they did that. You got a guy, he runs a 4-3? 
I don't care that he's a third round grade. Draft him in the ninth pick. With Aaron <laughs> with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, and if you can build that chemistry right away, yeah. I mean the ceiling is so high for this kid. Well, and that's why I think when you look at what he's gonna be able to do too, if you can have Romeo Dobbs really emerge as that number two wide receiver, at least for the start of the season, and give him a chance to kind of grow grow into his role, I think that he can be spectacular. And the expectations if he were in camp right away, it would be pretty high, and he'd be expected to kind of be the guy right away and be that number one wide receiver, which I don't think is fair. You know, it's not his fault that the Packers ultimately moved on from Devontae Adams. Obviously, they're going to have to make up for that, but it's not his fault that they decided to do that. I think when you see this thing all said and done, though, I think you're going to be looking at Christian Watson as one of the top guys in this draft and possibly one of the top receivers. You know, looking back... And we started talking about this a little bit when we were going through the draft process and looking at different receivers the Packers could look at. He's someone that really started emerging as someone that I really, really liked, Christian Watson. I I think George Pickens might be a little more pro-ready and be able to come in and help you right away. But I think you give Christian Watson the time to develop, and you're exactly right when you were able to play with Aaron Rodgers and instead of playing with Mitch Trubisky and kind of playing with that guy that's, yeah, I mean, you're going to learn. He's a veteran in the league. He's obvious. But now you're going up with Aaron Rodgers, a guy that essentially has a Ph.D. in how to play football in the NFL on the offensive side, and you're going to be able to pick his brain and you go up with Randall Cobb, someone that's been here for a while, understands how to play with Aaron, understands the game of football really well from the receiver position, and you can work together I mean, I don't know that this ends up happening, but it could be one of those things where the Packers look back and, and the NFL in general looks back in a couple of years and you've got Dobbs and Watson on the outside. And you're like, how the heck did they get both those guys? I think Dobbs is going to continue to show you how good of a pick he was. You know, I think that was something that we kind of wrote off. When was it that Romeo Dobbs really started coming on the radar for you as a Packers fan? Because I think a lot of people, it was during training camp. Like last week? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's interesting because, you know, when he got drafted in the fourth round, we've seen receivers get drafted in the third, fourth, fifth round, be able to come in and make an impact for a football team. So it's not unheard of, but it was almost dismissed, almost like something that didn't matter. And maybe that's because just how the draft is set up now. It's day one picks, obviously get all the recognition. It's a Thursday. You can talk about it on the radio. We talked about it that Friday. You know, Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker talked about it a ton. Day two picks, obviously you get a lot of recognition as well. We had our draft show. Bart and I were on the air talking about that Christian Watson pick. And then day three picks, you're like, all right, day three. I'm taking my day off. You know, it's a Saturday. But they draft Romeo Dobbs, and it was almost like, all right, cool. Who's this guy? And I felt like the Packers ended up having a really solid day three by bringing in Dobbs, bringing in uh, Kingsley Inigbari. And apparently, from all accounts the other day, he was looking like a, a really good pick. And what he can give you on the football field is some energy and some grit off that edge and be that third edge rusher. I'm interested to see what he can become. But I think overall, this Packers draft is going to go down as a really good one. I think so. And I think it's going to be predicated, too, on some of these guys stepping in. Because here's the issue. I think that... Obviously, this draft, and when you're grading just this draft, it depends on those first-round picks. You talk about Quay Walker. You talk about Devontae Wyatt. But it really does come down to 
these receivers that they drafted, they really have to step in and be something for this football team. Because you had an opportunity, if you wanted, to possibly move up in the first round and go get a wide receiver that is of a higher caliber or a better well-known name or something that's maybe a little more surefire of a prospect, like, say, maybe an Olave or a Jamison Williams or... I don't know that you ever could have really got Drake London, but someone like that, Traylon Burks, I think that when you bring all that in, they're going to have to be successful because they could have had one of those guys to fill in for Devontae Adams to make this draft class a resounding success, which I think it can be. And I think they will step in and do that. You've already seen Romeo Dobbs step in and be able to give you something off the outside. And I think he showed you quite a bit in that first preseason game that he's developed a chemistry with Jordan Love. I don't know what the chemistry is going to look like with Aaron Rodgers, but he's developed a chemistry with Jordan Love to the point that it was like, he's just throwing it to him. You always complain about Rodgers throwing to Devontae. Well, Jordan Love was like only throwing the ball to Romeo Dobbs. I think he ended up with seven targets in week one of the preseason. Seven targets. And what, he only play a half of football or something like that? That's a lot. So they're going to end up trying to get him the ball. Now I'm interested to see what he ends up looking with Aaron Rodgers once he gets out on the field. But what you saw from Romeo Dobbs gives you hope that maybe he can step in and be that boundary-wide receiver that can be that possession-style wide receiver because that's what I think was really missing from this offense. You think about the wide receivers that they have for this team coming into it. Christian Watson... Romeo Dobbs, those guys didn't necessarily have a role. They're going to step in and play whatever role they can. But the guys that they had already, Alan Lazard, I don't really see him as a possession-style receiver. I see him as kind of a big-body, blocking-type receiver. So you've got that. You've got the slot guys in Rodgers and Cobb. You've got another boundary guy that's more like a deep threat. I guess he can be a a possession-style receiver in Sammy Watkins. And I was reading through what Matt Schneidman had in The Athletic last night, and apparently he expects him to be kind of a lock for the roster at this point, considering he didn't play in that first preseason game and kind of thinks that's tipping their hand that he's going to make this roster. So assuming that he's on this roster too, then you've got another one where he can play on the outside. But I still think that they were really missing that true number one possession type receiver. I think that Watson or Watkins can give you a little bit of that. I don't know that... Full out, though, he's going to be that guy. I think Romeo Dobbs can be that guy, though. From what you saw, you saw him do some various routes and different ways he was able to get involved, whether it's an out route, a a slot fade. I think you're going to be able to move him all over the football field. And if you get a true possession-style receiver out of Romeo Dobbs, what that gives you the ability to do is if Watson can show you he can be that guy, then you can have him step in. But it gives Watson the ability to develop himself as just the deep threat for now. He can work on the route running, become the possession style, or you know, become the best player that he can become after the season when all that stuff is, you know, you're not necessarily going into preparing for a season. You're going in trying to looking ahead and trying to improve yourself. Right now, I need Christian Watson to kind of find what he's good at, what he's going to be at at the NFL level, and really just maximize that. If that's just going to be the deep down the field threat, For the first season, I'm fine with that. I really am. And if all it's going to be is he goes down and basically plays that MVS-style role, then that's okay. I think a lot of people were comparing him to MVS, and because of his down-the-field ability, you know, I think you can see that. 
But if he can come in and step in and do that right away, because Romeo Dobbs is able to step in and be able to help you the first-team offense be that possession, boundary-style receiver, then I think you're going to ease a little bit of the pressure off of Christian Watson. You're going to allow him to develop fully and get that chemistry with Aaron Rodgers as they go through this preseason in that one way. Because he's missed a valuable part. I think yesterday was practice, what, number 15 or something like that? So for him to finally get back out on the practice field and not even at a full capacity after missing 14 practices, two weeks worth, he's missed a lot. He's missed a lot. And I think this is the time when you build that chemistry with your quarterback. You know, this is the time when you get everything really figured out and talk about, you know, how are we going to run this route in particular? How are we going to do this? Once you get into the regular season, it's not anymore trying to figure out that chemistry. You're figuring out stuff here and there, but now you're tweaking it for the game plan because we're playing the Rams this week or we're playing the Vikings week one. We're playing the Bears this week. So you're really tweaking everything for that opponent. This is the time you really build that chemistry between the two, and he's missed a lot of that valuable time. He has. But I think having Romeo Dobbs step up into the role that he has, being that true number two type receiver to be able to help this team out on offense has given Watson the ability to step in and not take as big of a role right away. Because maybe Watkins could have stepped in, and who knows, maybe he still plays a bigger role than what Dobbs is playing right now, and eventually Dobbs eases into it in the season. But you at least give Watson some time. I'm interested to see what he can end up becoming and when he really emerges. I still would think that you know he's going to have enough time to at least work with Rodgers a little bit, because you got to think he's got this week to work with him. I'm assuming he's going to get back up to full speed in a little bit. I wouldn't think yet, but you think in a little bit he gets up to speed, so maybe by that final preseason game he's kind of 80 90% up to speed. And then you've got another week or two in between there before the regular season opener. So I think that he's still going to take a little time in the regular season to get fully on board with everything that's going on. I would think that well, what's a good target date for him to really become a a big part of this offense. Week seven, week six, week seven. Yeah, about halfway through the season. I think so. So then what are your expectations for him now that he's healthy? What are you expecting out of Christian Watson now that he's healthy? 414-677-1250 if you want to hop in, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. I think for me, when I look at Watson, I just want to see him, and, and I don't know that you can quantify with some of this with stats, because I think it's the same way with Jordan Love in that first preseason game. Look at the stats. Three picks, two touchdowns, decent passer rating, or whatever he was. I don't fully have all the stats in front of me. I'm not looking at the the box score from that. But, okay, eh. But when I look at the performance as a whole and break it all down in terms of what I saw from him on the field, I think he was okay. I think he's better than what the box score showed. Because I saw his charisma, I saw what he was able to do out of the huddle, like Matt LaFleur said, the operation itself from you know, snap to handoff or snap to getting the ball out. Everything just looks smooth. He looked like an NFL quarterback. You know, at first you've got to, what is it? Is it uh, Bill Belichick or someone? Make the routine, routine plays routinely or something like that is the quote. I think that's something that you saw out of Jordan Love in that first preseason game. Made the routine look routine, right? Just simple, simple stuff like handing the ball off, pitching it, getting the ball off, getting in and out of the huddle. The stuff that Aaron Rodgers makes look like it's nothing. The stuff that you basically can 
completely write off when you're thinking about the quarterback position. He finally got that stuff down. So now it's about seeing what you can get on on-field production. And when it comes to Christian Watson right away, I just want to see him looking like a guy who's not scared, a guy who is up to speed. You know, whether he's getting open and all that stuff right away, we'll work on that. You know, we'll, we'll get you to a point where you're going to be someone to really help this offense out. But I need to see him when he gets out on the field looking like an NFL wide receiver, not looking too big for the moment. I need him to play like his size, too. How many guys in the NFL play smaller than their size? You hear it all the time with this, this guy plays bigger than what he actually is. I think of guys like back in the day, Maurice Jones-Drew, right? Small guy, tree trunks for thighs. But small guy, and he ran hard and ran tough. But he was a smaller guy and played bigger than really what he was. Sometimes you get these bigger dudes... And they don't really play like they're a big dude. I want to see a combo of that speed threat for Christian Watson. I want to see that speed down the sideline, like an MVS, if you want to compare him to that. But I also want to see the physicality, the going up and get it type style, like a Mike Evans. You combine the two of those. Why couldn't he be one of the best receivers in the NFL? He just got to work on his route running and stuff overall. But, I mean, why couldn't he? He's an electric athlete. They used him all over the place at North Dakota State, obviously as a wide receiver, but they ran the ball with him on end arounds. He returned kicks. They they lined him up in the backfield. Could you see Matt LaFleur getting creative with some of that stuff maybe and doing some of that stuff with him? I don't know that you're going to use him in a Debo Samuel-type role. I think Debo himself is unique in that aspect, and he's someone as well that kind of plays bigger than their size. That dude runs hard as can be. But if you get Christian Watson to go out there and play with some confidence, play like the player that you know that he can be, play like the player that you drafted in the second round and were willing to go up into the first round four, then I think you can see him getting into a role where he can really help them out. I think the big question for the Packers this season, and we're going to break all this down all season long, but I think the real question here, it's not whether these guys are going to be able to help you week one. Because the goal for the Packers isn't just to be a good football team. The goal for them is to win a Super Bowl. So it's nice if Romeo Dobbs can help you week one. That's great. It's nice if Christian Watson can step in there and help you before the end of the season. That's nice. What are these guys going to give you in the playoffs? Are these guys going to be able to get to a point where Aaron Rodgers trusts them in the playoffs? Because that's ultimately what's going to matter. I think you're still going to see this football team win 10-plus games. They're going to be in the playoffs. So now it's about taking that step from being solid guys that can get on the NFL field to guys that can really help you in the postseason. Think about this in in basketball terms. You have plenty of guys that play in that regular season. You know, Think about the Bucs. There are plenty of guys that you're excited about on this Bucs roster, but not all those guys are playoff-type players, right? I mean, think about bringing back Serge Ibaka. I know a lot of people weren't necessarily thrilled about that, but at some point, you got to have guys that can help you out in the regular season. In football, you need these guys to really get you through, but you also need these guys to be able to step up in the playoffs. When everything really slows down, gets cold outside, it's the nitty-gritty. you got to come up with that 50-50 ball. Are these guys going to be able to step out on the field and do that? The guys that I know for sure I can count on, Rodgers, I know people are going to say, well, I don't know if I can count on Rodgers. You can count on Rodgers. You can count on Aaron Jones, and you can count on A.J. Dillon. 
I don't know about these wide receivers yet. I just don't know. But that's what this regular season is going to be about, making sure these guys are ready and seasoned for when the real tough tests start coming to town. You know, when you go up against San Francisco at Lambeau Field, are these guys going to be able to get it done? When you go up against Tampa Bay on the road, are they going to be able to get it done? If you have to go out to L.A. in a a postseason game, are these guys going to be able to get it done? Because the interesting part about all this that we haven't maybe discussed as much too is with Devontae Adams out of town, you're going to have Jalen Ramsey's. You're going to have the Denzel Wards. You're going to have the other top corners in this league, Marshawn Lattimore's, who you're going to see this week, matched up against who knows who. They're going to match him up against Dobbs. They're going to match him up against Lazard. They're going to match him up against Watson, Watkins. So it can't just be one guy that steps up because guess what? They'll just throw on Jalen Ramsey. They'll just throw on one of the other top corners in the league, Xavier Howard or one of these type guys. So it's important that they go up against these guys in practice. You know, you get Jair Alexander every single day in practice, so you get to see that kind of level of corner. But you get where I'm coming from here. If it's only one guy that steps up, if Lazard's the same dude, gives you about 550 yards, 600 yards, maybe takes a a step forward, gives you 700, but that's kind of it. If Romeo Dobbs steps up, that's awesome. But if Lazard doesn't step up to give you something more, then you might still be, you know, way behind the eight ball. If you have only Alan Lazard step up and Dobbs turns out to be a preseason hype train and Watson never gets it going and Watkins is the same guy he's been throughout his career and these different things and these guys don't step up, they'll just start throwing these number one corners at him and they'll slow him down. It's going to be paramount that a couple of these guys really step into their roles and embrace them and become those number one, number two type receivers. I don't really care what your role is in terms of what number receiver you are, but when your number's called upon, you go out there and make a play. Go out there and do your thing. And when you go out there and you make the plays consistently, that's going to make the defense respect you. That's going to make Aaron Rodgers trust you. And when those two things are working together, that's when you can have an effective offense. If they feel like on the outside they don't have to respect any of these wide receivers, they're going to pack the box, they're going to stop Aaron Jones, they're going to stop A.J. Dillon, they're going to find a way to cover those guys, and whatever one dude is stepping up for you on the passing game, they'll put their best guy on them, and it's going to be tough to move the football, and it's going to become these Big Ten-style football games for the Packers where it's ground and pound, run the clock down, hopefully Aaron Rodgers has a chance at the end, and hopefully our defense stands up to the test. And I don't know if Packers fans are honestly ready for that kind of a game. I don't know if they're quite ready for that sort of a thing. You say, you could say all you want that, ooh, I'm so excited for this Packers season. We've got a defense finally. We're excited about the run game. Tim, I don't know if Packers fans are going to be fully ready for if everything goes wrong and that's the kind of football they have to play, where it's just ground and pound and defense only and you're scoring 17 points. Um, I'm gonna say no. I don't They're think gonna, they are. I I think people are gonna panic. I think so, and I think that's rightfully so. That's the way the modern NFL is. Seventeen points, even just twenty points, isn't gonna cut it, because you're going up against pretty good offenses too. I mean, think about it. you go into the postseason. You got to go up against the Rams, who added Allen Robinson. They've got Cam Akers. You got Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford over there. 
I mean, even you go against San Francisco again, and I know they transferred out Jimmy Garoppolo for Trey Lance, but still, you got to think they've got playmakers. So this offense is going to have to do something. I know you're going to rely on the defense a lot. I know you're going to rely on them very heavily. I know they're going to be the number one reason why the Packers win a lot of their football games. I've I've said this before, and I'll say it again, but there's going to be a game this year, Jets, Dolphins, where the defense scores more than the offense. And that might be the case, and I'm totally fine with that. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I don't know that you're fully ready for a a game where they're going to have to roll. And to be honest with you, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is either. That's probably the bigger problem. I don't really care what you fans think. It's probably more so on, is Aaron Rodgers going to be fine? Because if there's a game where it's the game plan says, this is what we're going to have to do, and it's not going to be running through Aaron Rodgers, is he going to be able to do take the ego check and hand the ball off to Jones, hand the ball off to Dylan, and rely on that defense? Now, I will say, I'm not going to agree completely with Leroy on this because I think he took it to only throwing it 20 to 25 times. No, I don't think I see that in a game. But I could absolutely see this Packers football team looking at Aaron Rodgers and saying, this is what we're going to have to do, and I could see Aaron buying into it. I don't see it being a point where it's very, very low passing percentage, but if it's more balanced, I could see it. You know, I think for Aaron Rodgers... It's now about winning Super Bowls. I don't know if you agree with me on this. If you want to call in, feel free, 414-677-1250. I don't know if you entirely agree on this, but this is where I feel about Aaron Rodgers at this point. He wants to win a Super Bowl in Green Bay. If he wanted to win MVPs, if he wanted to have individual success, he could go somewhere else. And he could have gone, the the first place I think of, and he was linked to it all offseason, Denver. You know, what's Denver have? Well, Denver has... Lots of receivers. You think about Judy, Sutton, K.J. Hamler. They've got Albert Ogwugwanam, a tight end who looks like he's going to be something special and he's going to get an opportunity this year, some of his athleticism. And then you look at the running backs they've got, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, and then that defense is solid. He could have gone out there if he's trying to win an MVP. If he wanted to win an MVP, he could have gone out there and had all the weapons he wanted. Or he could have gone somewhere else. But he stuck around in Green Bay, and he said when he signed the contract, he knew they might not keep Devontae. He knew that. They end up trading him. It wasn't a shock to Aaron. Obviously, he wanted them to keep Devontae. It's not, I'm not an idiot. But he learned that they weren't going to keep him, and he said, you know what? I'm still sticking around here. So what does that mean to me? It means that I think he is all in on just trying to win a Super Bowl. Now, I, I, I don't think that taking the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands is ever going to be the way to go on trying to win a Super Bowl. But I think him being a little more bought into the system, which is a run-first or run-centric system. I don't know if I'd say run-first, but it is a more rushing-style system. Him being more bought into that and him being willing to just hand the ball off, I think he's going to be more bought into that. I think he's going to be willing to say, you know what? I do want to be the reason we win these games. I do. Selfishly, I do. And I think that's a lot of quarterbacks. 
But I also understand we're built on defense, and we can kind of run this down. I'll hand the ball to A.J. Dillon 15, 20 times. I'll hand the ball to Aaron Jones 15, 20 times. And I think that's going to be where it gets complex with this offense is does he trust that, and how do they make sure that they get those guys utilized? He has to trust it. He absolutely has to. And if the Packers want to put their best offense out on the field, you know, we just talked about Dobbs, we talked about Watson, Lazard, Cobb, all those guys. Your best offense is going to consist of getting the ball to Tunyon, getting the ball to Jones, getting the ball to Dillon. Outside of that, you, if you want to throw Lazard in there, fine, but that's where it's going to come down to. Getting the ball to the tight end in the passing game and then getting the ball to Jones and Dillon however you decide. Whether it's passing it, whether it's running it, don't really care. But get them the ball. And I brought this up with Leroy. He'd disagree with me a little bit. I'm interested what you think of this, Tim. If you're going to do a 1A, 1B, you can find. I want to get Aaron Jones' touches. I do. But in terms of leading rusher, in terms of strictly running the ball between the tackles, I would not mind seeing A.J. Dillon get the ball 18 times a game up the middle and him being the number one running back, so to speak. I'm getting Aaron Jones' touches, believe me. He's still getting 15 to 20 a game. Now, 10 of those might be on runs, 5 on catches, 8 of those might be runs, 7 on catches, whatever it is. I'm getting him his touches. But I would like to see A.J. Dillon be the workhorse type back if you're just going to have a one-back kind of thing. And I don't know if they're going to. They're going to rotate through because that's kind of the system as well. But, Tim, do you agree with that? Like, just let A.J. Dillon kind of pound at that defense? Yeah, I mean, especially later in the season, too. You got to save Aaron Jones Aaron Jones carries for... But he has so much more versatility, too. Yeah. Like, I understand that Dillon can catch the ball out of the backfield, too. I don't need Dillon getting the ball outside. No, and, and you made a good point there that Jones is going to get more receiving. I think he's going to get more touches from Aaron. Well, and Scott Brodsky... Brought yeah. that up a couple weeks. Yep. He might be the number one wide receiver for this football team. He could. He very well could. Bart's brought this up before in talking about Alvin Kamara. Let's look at some of Alvin Kamara's numbers throughout his career and what maybe you could expect to see. Because you think back to the one-two punch that they had, the Saints, that is, with Alvin Kamara and then Mark Ingram. I think both of them went for 1,000 yards. I think that's kind of the perfect way to do it. So, last year, you had 900 yards on the ground for Camaro, and then you had 47 receptions. That was down from... He'd had 80 receptions in every one of his first four seasons. So, looking at his first four seasons, 81, 81, 81, 83, 826 his rookie year, 709, 533, 756 through the air. He's catching the ball six, seven, eight, nine times a game, when he's playing every single game. Last year he caught nine. He missed some games with injury. About nine balls a game. I don't know that I see him catching nine balls a game. I think that's maybe a little bit more. But I think they're going to get him involved in the passing game a lot, where you're going to see him catch the ball four, five, six, seven times a game. Find ways to get him the ball. Doesn't have to be rushing it. I still want to see him run the ball, because he's electric when you run that outside. But let's... A.J. Dillon be the guy that's going to run the football up the middle. Let him really pound that defense. And put them on the field together, please. Please put them on the field together. 
Because, again, if you're going to put your best 11 out there, it's going to consist of those two running backs being out there. It's going to consist of Robert Tunyon being on the field, and then we'll figure it out at wide receiver once those guys really start kind of proving themselves and emerging. But for the time being, let's depend on those running backs, and I think they're going to take you home. That's the way to do it. This offense is going to look a lot different this season. I don't think necessarily it's going to take maybe as big a step back as maybe we expected when they traded Devontae Adams. I don't think it's going to be as good as it was last year. Last year it was 10th in both points and yards. I could see them taking a little bit of a step back, maybe you know 13th, 14th, 12th, somewhere around there. And that's fine because I think overall what you're going to do is you're going to limit maybe the point total, but you're going to also run the ball a little bit more so your time of possession is going to go up a little bit. In turn, you're going to help out your defense. And if they play good complementary football, I think this team can be right back there this season. And I think it's a good time for them to really do this because they're not as reliant on Aaron Rodgers as they have been in the past. And you've seen over the past couple of years, you get into the playoffs and you can complain about Aaron Rodgers all you want, but he's part of the reason you're there. Maybe he makes the wrong decisions in the playoff game. Next thing you know, you are out of the playoffs. This year, I don't think you're going to be as reliant on Aaron. You still need Aaron. I'm not saying you don't. All these people that are coming out, why do we pay him all this money if we're going to run the ball more? Because the quarterback's still the most important position on the field. So don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say Aaron Rodgers is any less valuable to the Green Bay Packers. But you're going to use him a little bit less. You're a little less reliant on him. And if these guys can really step up and help take that load off of him a little bit, then maybe we could see a different result this season than years previous. Even though he lost his top receiving target, now he's going to be in more of a role that works together with the whole football team. Defense is going to do its job. Running game is going to do its job. And Aaron's going to find a way to make the passing game work. And if that's the position you're put in as the Packers, I'm fine with that. I trust Aaron Rodgers to find a way to make the passing game work. You won an MVP in back-to-back seasons the last two years. You find a way to make it work with these guys. Would I have loved to have had them have another wide receiver that you could trust as a true number one? Absolutely. I'm not an idiot. Again, I I think you would love to have someone in here that makes sense to try and fill in for Devontae Adams right away. But they didn't do it. They didn't. So this is kind of the bed that you've been made. Now you've got to sleep in it. And I think that Aaron Rodgers has the ability to go out there and still get it done without these guys being there, uh, you know, top wide receivers. And maybe we see him go for another MVP. Maybe we don't. But now it's on Aaron Rodgers to go do his thing. But you're still going to be more reliant on the run game, on the defense. It's less on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders. And I think that's a good thing going forward for this football team to try and win a Super Bowl this season. 414-677-1250. Again, 414-677-1250. Talking Packers football here in the final hour of the Bart Winkler Show. You want to hop in, feel free to do so. Again, I'm Toby Altizer. That is Tim Shea. We'll wrap up the Bart Winkler Morning Show coming up next. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit Cox 
cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast scrub it up scrub it up scrub it up scrub it up Hard to say, easy to use. You can wash your car every day if you want. $13 a month. The scrub it up scrub club all over town. Any local scrub a dub. Sign up at scrubadub.fish. Scrub it up scrub club. Hard to say. Get your car washed every single day. Scrub a dub. Scrub a scrub club. Scrub a scrub. Scrub. Scrub-a-dub scrub club. Hard to say. Easy to use. Sign up at Scrub-a-dub. Yeah, as you heard from Bart Winkler, this portion of the show is brought to you by Scrub-a-dub and Scrub-a-dub scrub club. It is hard to say, but it's easy to use. Wash your car every day if you choose one low price starting at $13 a month. The Scrub-a-dub scrub club at any local Scrub-a-dub location. Sign up at scrubadub.biz. Talking about the Green Bay Packers, 414-677-1250. 414-677-1250, or you can tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan wrapping up here on a Tuesday. Let's get out to Mark, who's driving out around in his truck. Mark, what's going on? <laughs> Thanks for taking my call. I got to say, <laughs> I, I enjoy listening to Bart sing that song. <laughs> yeah, so do I. That's my favorite one. <laughs> so much fun. Well, I'd like to say that um, – a couple of years ago, I've been saying this for the, same, for the past couple of years, ever since Tampa Bay ran, ran at will on us uh, countless times, we, I've been saying we needed to stop the run. So as soon as they, mm-hmm. they drafted uh, Quay Walker and, and Devontae uh, Wyatt, okay, 
when they did that, not to mention those two guys are from the same college team, so we, we maybe we can shorten our learning curve as far as the, them having that chemistry already. Sure. Them doing that, along with putting more pressure on the quarterback, uh, maybe not in the beginning, but as the season goes on, if they can put more pressure on the quarterback and force him to throw before he wants to throw on opposing teams, this is going to create a lot more uh, turnovers. Okay, whether it's fumble ball, a lot of interceptions, and it's going to put more more. Uh, sure, like you said, Aaron Rodgers may not be throwing as much. And we're not going to be relying on. We're going to be relying more on the on the run than the pass as we as we did in the past. But giving that offense the ball a lot more is going to really, really, really help this team. And that the last time we did that was back in 2011 when we went uh, won the Super Bowl. That's my take. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I think with this defense being revamped, you take a little pressure off that offense, which has been really the driving force for the Packers really as long as I can remember when it's been Favre and with Rodgers. Yeah, you've had a defense occasionally that can step in there, and when you do it, that's really been the difference between you winning Super Bowls. But really, it's been generally the offense that you're most excited about Going into this season with the defense, I think if the Packers are able to play that complementary football, like you were mentioning, able to turn the ball over on that on the defensive side of the ball, able to run the ball on offense, I think you work together, you could see this being a better team overall, maybe even though they lost Devontae Adams, but being a better team overall than we've seen out of the Packers in the last couple of years. Then it's just a matter of hopefully that this new uh, special teams coach takes care of that part, and we should have a Super Bowl team right there. Really? Yeah, I, I certainly hope so, and hopefully Matt LaFleur can be up to it. Appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks. Bye. 414-677-1250. You want to give us a call as we wrap up the show? Again, 414-677-1250. Sam Schmitz is in the studio here, and he's, like, stealing all the stuff out of my wallet. Hey, man, you leave it out here. <laughs> I do leave my wallet out. Just take it out of my pockets to empty. Just... Sam Schmitz is just stealing all my stuff, so... If I look distracted, sound distracted, it's because Sam is stealing all my stuff. But uh, <laughs> this Packers team, I'm excited to see what they can be because this is a totally new blueprint for the Green Bay Packers that they haven't had really in quite some time. You know, they've at times you go into a season and you expect the defense to really be solid, but has it ever been as good as you expect them to be this year? I don't think so. And Mark was dead on. You haven't been able to stop the run. That's been a big problem for the Green Bay Packers for how long? You think about that Niners game? If they could have stopped the run, you're probably going to a Super Bowl. If you could have even stopped the run last year when Debo Samuel, I I think being the Hall of Famer that he is, Leroy Butler, the one that brings this up, everyone else gives the defense a free pass last year. Leroy's like, dude, they needed to stop on third and seven, and they gave up nine yards to Debo on the ground. That's what makes him a Hall of Famer. That's what makes these guys great, is they expect perfection, they expect greatness. And I think, sure, you want to look at that? They failed there in that sense, too. They were good last year for the most part, but they failed in that sense. Think about the game against Tampa in the NFC Championship. You can't allow some of those things that occurred in that game, the touchdown right before half. So you go in this year with a defense that should be stout against the run, against the pass, and one of these guys, two of these guys, three of these guys can emerge on the offensive side of the ball as playmakers, you could see them maybe going on a different run than what they've had in the years past. Offense probably takes a step back. I mean, that's to be expected. You lose a guy of Devontae Adams' caliber. 
But now you're going out there, and you're going to be able to stop the run because you drafted these guys out of Georgia. Now you've got a solid defensive rotation up front where you've got Kenny Clark, you've got Jaron Reed, you've got Devontae Wyatt, you've got Dean Lowry, you've got TJ Slayton. That's a solid defensive line right there. You've got Gary and Preston Smith off the edge. And I can't wait to see what Rashawn Gary can become this year. If he can become the game wrecker that I think a lot of Packers fans expect him to become, then you could see him really make a big difference for this football team this season and be a just menace for that opposing offense in the passing game. So I think you see all that working together. You see this team working to be able to stop the run as well. I see them having the opportunity to go and make a bigger splash than they have over the last couple of years where they kind of just fizzled out in the playoffs. Now it's about going out there and just executing on offense, getting your job done. When it's your turn to go out there and make a play, you go make a play. And on that defensive side of the ball, now it's time to live up to that high standard we have. And if they do all those things, then they're going to be one of the top teams in the NFC again. Just some uh, quick updates from LaFleur today. He's talking right now, so I'm sure we'll hear that later. But he says there will be no one-on-ones between his team and the Saints and that they will reassess tomorrow based on how today goes. No one-on-ones. That should help with fights. That's exactly what he said. He said the goal is to eliminate fights. Sometimes that's where tempers start to flare, he says. I want fights. And then Jenkins, Robert Tanyan, and Christian Watson will not participate in team reps versus Saints. You said who? Jenkins, Watson? Jenkins, Watson, and Robert Tanyan. Okay, so the three guys that just came off the pup list. I mean, that's kind of be expected. I, I think... When do they get back to practice? I mean, they're back at practice. When do they get back to full capacity? I would think maybe next week sometime or the week after that. So hopefully in time to get ready for week one, but who knows? And then also uh, one other thing is that Elton Jenkins at right tackle will be a day-to-day thing, not committing to him at one position one position yet after lining up at right tackle in jog through yesterday. As you heard, Sam Schmitz is hanging out in the studio here. Sammy, what's going on, dude? Nothing much. Uh, doing the big show today. Hey, on big of, time. On the big time now. Right. On top of doing the fan afternoon show and Sparky's Midday Madness as well. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I always, I honestly, you know, I, I always have like either Tim or you or Adam with me when, when I do a show for the afternoon show. But uh, this will be like the first time that I like legitimately have like a co-host. Yeah, it's fun. On top of like Adam also being like our, our third host as well. But yeah. like, you know, an actual co-host and all. So this is going to be interesting. Like Gary and I, it's going to be Gary and I so far. I don't know if Leroy, Leroy will leap in here whenever, if he can. <laughs> Typical Leroy, you never know. Yeah, I, I never know if he's going to be in here or not. So I just assume not. And then if he does, you know, he's here. Um, But it'll be fun because Gary and I, we've really only done a show together for like literally a half hour. <laughs> like a final hour of the big show. It's time. fun. It was the day of uh, USC and UCLA being announced to the big time. Oh, there you go. And on top of that, I wanted to talk a little bit of Packers with them. So we literally did like 15 minutes on the Packers. So it should be fun. I mean, well, obviously for the, for the four hours of the big show, we'll be talking Packers. We'll talk about joint practices. As Tim mentioned, we'll hear from Matt LaFleur. We'll talk about the Giannis uh, Chicago comments as well as Brewers. We'll talk with Tim Dillard at 1235. And then Lomas Brown, former Detroit Lions offensive lineman, one of Gary's teammates, Super Bowl champion, color analyst for the Lions. He'll join us at 1.35 to talk about the Lions. I tell you what, having a co-host is fun. Yeah, I mean. It's I, so nice. You know, I've gotten, I when I first started in this business, I was like, oh, man. I mean, it's, you, you, when you're not hosting, you're like, oh, man, doing 15-minute segments by yourself. It's got to be so long. But it really flies by, and I've gotten used to it. But, like, I can't imagine, like, having a. Like oh, an it's actual, so nice. Oh, man. it's gonna. I feel like, you know, like, oh, man, four hours statewide network. Like, oh, boy. 
But uh, it should be fun with Gary. It should be fun. Show. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. Hey guys, what so. the well, Wisconsin herd is uh, doing local tryouts. Oh, you we guys want to go? No, 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 not tryouts. We're doing our two v two tournament. <laughs> That's Wisconsin hurt. <laughs> you, me, me, and Bart are going. We're going to go up there. We, come on, let's yeah. the the four of us. All right, Road you trip. keep it tuned right here to twelve fifty a.m. The fan, the Wendy's Big Show comes up next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas. Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.